I'm out of gray. Kind of a lot going on. Um, first things first, I want to say rest in peace to Bill Russell. Bill Russell passed away at the age of 88, which is a long life. Um, a lot of times, you know, people of his stature, him being like seven feet tall, they, they don't a lot of times live that long. But um, up until he passed away, he was still actively doing things with the NBA. You can see him at all-star games and events and stuff. And he looked to be in decent health for a man his age. I mean, he's almost 90. But all-time great, um, big man for the Boston Celtics. He passed away uh, recently, and, you know, that's a loss for the NBA community fans and, of course, that organization. So rest in peace to Big Bill Russell. One thing that we cannot pass over, even if I wanted to, is the fact that Beyonce dropped the album. You know, Beyonce owns the Internet. She owns the airwaves. She kind of owns the world. So... I have to acknowledge that her album came out. I personally haven't heard the whole album. I heard a couple songs. And it's kind of a dancey vibe, something like what Drake just did. So you see a little bit of mixed reviews, but it's Beyonce. You know what I'm saying? If we being honest, she could fart on the microphone and it's going to go platinum. So, you know, she's trying something different. She sets the trend, so it's going to work. It's going to become a new thing. You got Drake and Beyonce putting out this type of music. So look forward to hearing a lot more stuff in that vein um, sooner than later. It's just kind of the way things work. Staying with music, man, they done got my guy. They done got the fella, man. My favorite rapper for the last couple years, Mozzie. He just dropped the album, Survivor's Guild. Dope album as always. I always be saying, like, I've yet to hear a whack verse from that dude. But um, looks like he turned himself in for a gun case. I didn't realized that was coming up because you know usually when someone's getting ready to go to jail you'll see them counting down social media you'll see them counting it down getting ready to go in but it was just kind of out of the blue so it looks like he turned himself in to go do a year for a federal gun case that he caught in culver city in cali um and this is where we get to these conversations with the self-righteous that say oh he's stupid why has he got a gun he's rich and famous and all of that type of shit and I'll tell you what, um, being rich, being famous, it doesn't protect you from real life. You know, as always, rest in peace and Nipsey Hussle. It can happen anywhere. It can happen to anybody. And you'd much rather get caught with it than without it. And, you know, other people are going to say that he should have had a gunman. Maybe he did have a gunman. Who knows? But, again, you'd rather get caught with it than without it. I'd rather go do a year in the joint for a gun then you know the alternative which is to possibly be shot down and murdered because you're not able to protect yourself so free mozzie man we gonna keep knocking his shit regardless and um you know to all the artists and everybody out there please understand we live in a in a gun obsessed society out here in america so no matter what your feelings are about it and no matter you know if you feel like you're doing the right things to avoid putting yourself in line with that kind of stuff, keep in mind it can happen. You need to protect yourself. It's a cold world. It's an ignorant, vicious, violence-filled world. So be safe, but stay dangerous. That's what we're standing on. One more thing in music I saw, Lil Durk did Lollapalooza. 
And, you know, Dirk's one of my favorite artists, one of the more popping artists right now. It was a moment on the stage where they had some pyrotechnics go off and they hit him in the face. And, you know, of course, online they're laughing at him and all this other shit. But seriously, um, he, he had some damage to his face from this stuff hitting him. And I guess he pulled out of the rest of his tour for a while. So we want to send a, a get well out to Lil Dirk. You know, that's... um. <laughs> That's that's I don't mean to laugh either. That's some fucked up shit, you know, with all the ops and all the beef and all this shit you got going on that, um, you know, the stage show is what actually hurt this guy. So um, we look forward to Lil Dirk sliding back through, man, and, and putting some more good music out. Well wishes. Hope he gets well soon. And uh, another little back and forth that I seen online, it was kind of unexpected. I saw Boosie. He, you know, he does a Vlad interview once every two weeks. So he's on Vlad and they was talking about Gangster, who, if you don't know, that's Birdman's brother, Terrence, Terrence Gangster Williams. He just got out of federal penitentiary not that long ago. And he was originally sentenced to life plus 20 years. And from his point of view, he said that he was released, that he told on um, some people that passed away on some murders that they did. Um, there's no paperwork documented one way or the other, but it's, it's documented that he did tell on something. No one really knows exactly what he told on other than what he's saying. Now, Boosie being from Louisiana, the same region, not the same city, because Boosie's from Baton Rouge and Gangsta and them, Bird and all, you know, they all from New Orleans. So it's, you know, it's a little difference. But Boosie was just saying that Gangsta was someone he really looked up to and that uh, he need to take the gangster off his name because he told, even on Dead Man, he was upset about it. You know, Boosie's passionate whenever he speaks about anything, so you can see him getting fired up if you catch that clip. You'll see Boosie turning up about it. And he wasn't being disrespectful. He was just saying, like, he didn't call him no bitch-ass nigga or nothing like that. But gangster double back and, like, you ain't from my city. You know, a little back and forth, but, you know, both of these dudes is... They too old for it. Boosie's not really pressing the line. Gangsta tried to press the line. But a guy that was sentenced to life plus 20, he don't really got nothing to lose. He's just getting out of the joint. He's starting to learn about, you know, revenue he can generate from being online presence and more power to him. He's doing a lot of interviews, a lot of talking and shit. And, you know, but he you can see it in his eyes. It's still there. You know what I'm saying? It's still there. So somebody need to get with Gangsta, man. Let him know that. The internet ain't the place for that. He's going to end up right back where he was. So hopefully they hash it out or either just decide to leave each other alone. You know them boys out there, boot, they don't play, man. It'll be a body washing up somewhere soon if that gets going too far. And just randomly, one other thing I want to say, man, I need to speak on it. It's going to be from my perspective personally. Uh, you know I'm out here in Las Vegas. This is home of the casinos and slot machines. And everywhere you go, it's a gang of people when you go inside. Uh... COVID is still real. I just had it not that long ago. It knocked me in the dirt for a while, too. But I'm noticing, again, they need to put a mandate out to make people get to washing their hands again. The first time I was aware of something like this, I was playing blackjack at the casino. And um, I got up go use the restroom. You know, if you're not familiar, you can leave your chips at the table. They'll put a little plastic case over it so no one can't do nothing. Um, I was talking to the guy that was at the table with me. Most of the time we were playing, we were both doing good winning. So I went to go use the restroom. He came at the same time. So he go use the restroom. I go use the restroom. And 
I stopped to wash my hands afterwards and I seen him walk right back to the table. So I was kind of lit sitting there taking shots and everything. I got to thinking and I'm like, you know, all the germs on his hands is getting ready to touch these cards that they're going to shuffle through this machine and I'm going to touch him. The dealer's going to touch him. He's going to continue to touch him. Anyone else that sits down. And I just thought about the amount of germs. This is pre-COVID. It's just when you think about shit like that, it's really unsanitary. So needless to say, I just end up leaving. I got my chips and cashed out. told everyone to have a nice night. But I'm seeing this again. I'm seeing this in gyms. I'm seeing this in public. People are not washing their hands. They need to mandate that. Also see this monkeypox shit. There's a viral uh, picture going around online of the monkeypox. And this shit look like the worst thing ever created. I don't know what it is. It's like these horrible blisters that this person had on their face. And they're saying monkeypox can be transferred the same as an STD. So unprotected sex, exchange of bodily fluids. I'm not sure if it's airborne or by touch or anything. But what's being said is that a lot of uh a lot of people in the homosexual community are catching it for some reason and in new york city or maybe new york state they are treating the white um homosexual community for this stuff and they're not really treating the black homosexual community now that's out of my hands I, i'm not i don't live in new york i'm not part of that community but if it's selective um Healthcare being offered for any of these things that have the have the propensity to become like another pandemic, then I think it needs to be a, a brighter light shined on that type of shit. And with my tiny little platform right here, I'm going to say everyone needs to get treated. We don't need another pandemic. COVID ain't even gone yet. This monkeypox shit like COVID fucked me up. I had it twice and possibly three times, two times. I don't know it for sure. But if I got the monkey pox and I woke up that shit on my face that this person had on their face, I, man, look, I ain't, you can't sleep that off. You'll never lose that visual in your mind. So I'm not looking forward to that becoming a thing. They need to nip it in the bud. I don't know if they need to drag off whoever got it and just get rid of them. To be honest with you, you might have to just knock a few people down so the rest of us don't get it. Cause that shit right there, look. You know, they always say, oh, I wouldn't wish, wish something on my worst enemy. That's just the same. My worst enemy, I would wish that shit on them. But, you know, a neutral party or someone I may not really like, I'm not wishing that shit on them. Worst enemy, yeah, you can have it. You deserve it. You know what I'm saying? But that's real. Take care of yourself out there, man. Take care of your health. Wash your motherfucking hands, please. You know, one thing I'm well aware of about myself is I, I make sure that, you know, I'm not really jealous of anything. Now... I may see something wanted from myself, but it doesn't make me have a negative feeling towards a person that has what I want. It's going to motivate me to try and find a way to get it for myself. And that's the difference between, uh, you know, being motivated by greatness or to be motivated by jealousy. Not a jealous person in any faction of my life, but I'm also very self-aware and honest about who and what I am and how I feel. With that being said, I got to be honest, I am jealous of, of a certain thing. And what that is, is this current generation, let's say 23 and under this generation, like the information age generation of kids. Um, I can tell you I'm born in the 80s and in my era, 
being from the hood, you know, being from an impoverished area, if we wanted to get some money, we had to get outside. You had to take a penitentiary chance. If you're doing some hustling, I ain't talking about a nine to five. You're doing some hustling. You got to be outside, right? You got to be on them corners. You got to run from the police. You might have to shoot it out with some crosstown niggas or, you know, it's just a, it's just a thing. You had to be outside. And when you think about the risk you're taking for the amount of money you're making, it's definitely not worth it. You know, they have those laws where they was maxing niggas out. They catch you with 10, 10, 10 rocks and you're 50, 60 years in jail. You know, they, they've since rescinded some of those mandatory minimum sentencing laws, but that's what we was facing. So you get caught with something like that at 18, 19 years old, your life's over for all intents and purposes. You're coming home an old man if you make it out at all. But what makes me jealous of this generation is they didn't have to do any of that. I mean, there's still people that did, but there's so many, so many people from this generation that got to the bag with the scamming, with the sauce, you know, using CPNs and sliders and all the little shit they do. Now, it's a crime. Uh, but if you get caught with doing any of that shit, you weren't facing 50, 60 years if you go to jail at all. That's it. You know, you got to get caught also. But they didn't. you don't have to run from the police when you're on your cell phone doing shit. You get what I'm saying? You don't have to bang out with niggas from across town when you're on your iPad doing shit. So it's not no slight on them. I'm envious of it because we'll never have this time back while I could be at that age where I'm really trying to get outside and get it. I'm older now. I have a family. You know, I have certain things I'm not willing to do regardless of what I get for it. So I'm not as loose as I would have been in a younger age. What I will say I feel bad for this generation about is the same thing that helps them. The phone, the camera, like that shit. Like you can't do anything in peace, someone's going to record every move you make. So from that point of view, they're probably a little jealous of how we grew up, because if we didn't want to be seen, we weren't seen back then. You know, you could be rarely seen, but felt your presence could be felt. You didn't have to be around. We didn't take pictures. None of that. It, these days, there's a face attached to everything you do, and it kind of sucks for them, but I guess it's 50-50, man. You win some, you lose some, you trade the good for the bad. But that's just one thing I think about constantly, man. I see some of these youngins, they drop at Aston Martins and Mozzies and Benzes at a young age just off the sauce, just off their little hustle. And it's, it's a lot less of a risk. But shout out to y'all, man. Keep running that bag up. So a little rabbit hole, and I'm going to jump down real fast. And I do some different things from time to time. A lot of times it's... I requested some of y'all to listen. So let me first say I do appreciate all the feedback. I appreciate the ideas. And y'all let me know what you might want to hear about. Um, a rabbit hole that I have not went down. I'm going to go down right now, like it or not, is me being an 80s baby. I like to always keep that in context. You know, we was growing up, we didn't have Netflix, Hulu, Y'all niggas be watching 2B TV. That shit different. But you understand all these channels, all this cable. All we had was like BET, MTV, a couple channels. And then like we had a couple dollars Cinemax. You know, you'd be in there watching Cinemax, watching the bullshit and have 
the cartoon channel on the back button real quick. So everybody shady used to do that back in the days, man. Don't lie to yourself. But one thing that we regularly used to watch growing up was WWF wrestling, WCW wrestling. Now it's WWE and they have a couple other off-brand um, wrestling leagues and shit, but WWE always been top of the food chain, you know, Vince McMahon and them. Um, so I did catch SummerSlam. SummerSlam was this last weekend, and they have hella pay-per-views now. Um, back in the days, it used to just be like four of them. So you used to have to actually order them. You used to have to call a phone number and order it over the phone. And now it's like you got Peacock, the Peacock app. Then you get all that shit for free. So I have the Peacock app in my home. So I watch the shit. So I'm watching SummerSlam, you know, mildly enthusiastic, you know. And um, it was pretty good. It was actually pretty good. You know, they, they put a good show on. And um, I saw something I'd never seen before. In the last match, you know, in the main event, it was Brock Lesnar and it was Roman Reigns. And it was like a knockout match. Like the last man standing is the winner. You had to like basically knock the nigga down for a 10 count. So in this match, if you're familiar, Brock Lesnar is a big ass white boy. He's like a genetic mutation. Nigga barely human. He's huge. He's quick. He's agile. And Roman Reigns, he's a Samoan. Um, off of the rock, Rikishi, all of them off of their tree. That's they all family, and um, so they wrestling. Of course, it's scripted and stuff, but they did a great job with the scripting because Brock Lesnar came to the ring, and this nigga had like a big ass. I don't even know what it's called, like a tractor. So he parked the tractor because he's like he's a he's a fucking country boy. So they fighting, 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 fighting. Neither one of them can't win. And then finally, Brock Lesnar get back in the tractor. And this nigga put the tractor under the ring and lifted the whole motherfucking ring up. I've never seen no shit like that in my life. Roman Reigns went tumbling out the ring. And he still didn't lose. So they kept fighting after that. And um, Roman Reigns, finally, he had his cousins in them out there. You know, they were Rikishi, son. If you remember Rikishi, we grew up on all of them. Rikishi, Stone Cold, and The Rock. Nigga, Greg the Hammer, Valentine, Rick Flair, The Undertaker, all of them. You know what I'm saying? But this is Rikishi, sons. They called the Usos. They brothers. I think they twins, actually. But so they all pack out Brock Lesnar, man, and then they just start covering this nigga. They put the announcer's table on top of the steel chair. The steel stairs, all of it's keeping down for a 10 count. And so Roman Reigns ended up winning. But it was a good show because, you know, I didn't popped in and out on wrestling over the years. And it kind of, you know, after Stone Cold and The Rock left, it got kind of weak. But this was like one of the coolest things that I've seen. So I started going down a rabbit hole. I look on Twitter and I seen over the last week or so that Ric Flair, which he's the GOAT to me, that nigga. Ric Flair always talked that shit. You see the Migos did a song with him like he really was rapping before rap. He really was rapping on his promos. He used to talk that shit, flossing, showing off Rolexes, talking about bitches like Ric Flair was that dude. But this nigga, keep in mind, he's about like damn near 80 years old now. I seen Ric Flair's last match been trending. 
So Ric Flair had a wrestling match on a different league. I don't I don't know what the league was called, but he had a match. I think he's about 80 years old, man. And <laughs> I don't know if he won or lost, but I seen pictures of him on Twitter. His head was bleeding and shit. And Undertaker was watching this show. And Stone Cold was watching this show. Like some of the old school niggas went to go show him some love. But man, them dudes, they got me through my childhood. You know what I'm saying? Because we don't, man, you don't have much. You, you grow up, you stand up on being tough. And these was the toughest dudes. They was, they come out, they buff as shit. They could do backflips and all that. It was real cool to me. It still is too, you know. And it's a, it's a escape. It's an escape from reality for, for you, you know. So I just want to throw that in there, man. You know, um, we don't really talk about stuff like that too often, but I enjoy it, man. And that match, this nigga flipped the ring over with a tractor bra. I'd never seen no shit like that before. So shout out to all the maniacs, all the WWE guys, the wrestlers, the wrestling. You know what I'm saying? I fuck with it. It was good shit. Right, so uh, one thing that the guy that I said I feel like is the best rapper of all time, Jadakiss. One thing Jadakiss said in his music that always stuck with me that was very true. It's a play on words and shit, but, you know, that's what made him great or actually what makes him great. Jadakiss said something very simple. He said, it's easy to get money, but it's hard to keep it. And I think that goes over a lot of people's heads because it's so momentary. You have to understand money only has spenders. No one owns it. So that's why you could be balling one day, broke the next. Broke one day, ball in the next. But what makes money such an interesting thing is it's essential to a point because you have to have it to survive. And I think people fall in love with the allure of having money, what you think it brings you. And when I see people discuss money issues or, you know, talk about other people's money, it's clear to me that they never really had their own money. They never really had like a good amount of money. If they did, you'd realize it's fleeting. Money, they there's a reason they call it the paper chase. Cause you constantly gotta chase it. And most people are not equipped once they get a lump sum of money to do anything productive with it, besides spend it. And if you don't agree with that, you just look at all the money people got during COVID and look what happened. Niggas is right back broke now, right? All money provides you with is opportunity. Stability to a point, but if you let it control you, it just provides you opportunity to make it work for you. Throwing money in a strip club, going to Miami just because, you know what I'm saying? Buying bottles with the sparkler, all the ways that niggas love to blow money is the way you lose it. But that's because we don't have financial literacy. That's what we do when we get it. It's like if you never had something, you kind of lose your mind a little bit. I see these stories, these uh childhood actors, actresses that went broke or they got on drugs because their parents took all their money and they just was exposed to Hollywood early. And that shit's real sad because people judge them. And it's like, bro, I'm I'm in my 40s. And if you drop $100 million on me right now, probably going to do some stupid shit with a lot of it. You know, luckily I have enough um, experience in life to just not fuck it all off. Hopefully, but get that shit to me when I was 19, 20. I, I'd probably be dead right now. I'd probably 
drink or get high until I'm dead at a young age because, you know, your frontal lobe ain't even developed yet, man. You're not fully matured and you don't understand life to that extent. So I'll say all that to say having money is a good thing, but whenever it controls you to the point where you're willing to fuck somebody over behind it or to take or to cause harm, you understand what I'm saying? Behind a dollar that's not even yours. It's it's kinda it's kinda telling of where your morals lay at. Right. I got a couple people that owe me money right now, and I ain't gonna chase none of them down because I feel like if they had it, they pay it. And it's one thing to owe somebody, and it's another thing to try to shame somebody. Now I do want my money. If you're listening to this, y'all know who y'all is, man. Pay me what you owe me, but I don't want to shame nobody if they don't have it to where they got to try to make excuses or anything like that because it's just money, but it is mine, so I do want my shit. But the fact that, like, I'm, I'm maybe I'm the one that's off. Maybe I'm different. But if I owe somebody and I woke up, brush my teeth, wash my face, look in the mirror, I won't be able to look at myself in the eyes knowing that I owe this person. It would bother me. So, you know, I try to get it cleaned up as quick as I can. But some people, they just go along, you know, in the same direction. And the way you abuse money is going to be real telling on how money's going to treat you because you're never going to be able to handle it right. You'll never be able to keep it. When you run off on the plug, when you do fuck shit, you steal, try to flip your girl taxes or that that's just momentary. And everyone likes to say that they're building generational wealth. And that's great. But you have to really understand what, first of all, wealth is. And part of wealth is financial literacy. Secondly, it has to be sustainable. Certain things that we do are not sustainable. If you look at um, celebrities, you have all these one-hit wonders in music that make a viral TikTok song or something. That's good for them. They get a payday. But what are they doing with it past then? Because they don't have an actual skill. They can't keep putting music out because who let the dogs out is all they had. It was flash in the pan. Now it's like, what do you do with it? Is it sustainable? Do you know what to do with that kind of shit? These are the conversations we need to have with each other instead of showing a brick of money that someone could take from you. You could lose your life for that brick of money. Just trying to look cool in the pit. I ain't here to preach. I'm just putting a couple things out there. So any misinformation ain't coming from me. I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't have all the answers, but I'm right about this shit.